Wow, it's a good day. Good to see you. Are you happy to be in the house of God? Yes. Amen. Exciting. Exciting. I'm just reminded of a portion. Let me just read that for you. This is Nathaniel's encounter with Jesus. Okay, verse 46 onwards, okay? Nathaniel said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said of him, Behold an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe you will see greater things than these? And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Let's read that verse again, 51. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. There's a very similar Old Testament passage where Jacob is running away from home and he reaches this place. He sleeps and in his dreams he sees the angels of the Lord ascending and descending. And he wakes up in the morning and he says, I was not aware that God was here. Because angels ascending and descending is a place where earth meets heaven. Angels ascending and descending is a symbol of earth meeting heaven or heaven meeting earth. It's a place of heaven meeting earth. When God created Adam, he put him in a garden and the name of the garden was Eden, which means pleasure. So God does not have a problem with you having pleasure. The question is, whom are you having pleasure with? God did not create us for self-pleasure. God created us for pleasure with him and with people. So, that's the marriage sermon. Yeah. So God pulled out a reality from heaven put it on the earth, call it the Garden of Eden. Eden is an atmosphere pulled out from heaven where earth and heaven is united. Right? The gospel of Jesus is not about going to heaven. Although for some circumstances or for some reason you die today, you will go to heaven if you believe in Jesus. Although, yeah, that is true. But that is not the reason why Jesus died for you so that when you die, you get to heaven. 
I see eyebrows raising. That's good. I like it. It's not about just getting to heaven. And it's not just about staying on the earth. It is about heaven meeting earth. If it was just about going to heaven, why would God create earth? God does not waste anything. See, Jesus, he multiplies the five bread and two fish and feeds about 5,000 men, almost 20,000 people, let's assume. And they had an overflow, 13, 12 or 13? 12, 12 yeah, thank you. 12 basketfuls of broken pieces, right? They had an overflow. But Jesus, even though he did such a great miracle, he does not say, I throw it in the dustbin. He says, collect them all. Why? Even though he's a God of overflow, He's a God of abundance and extravagance. He does not like wastage. So if God put so much of strength, energy, and planning in creating the earth, do you think that God does not have an eternal purpose for the earth? Do you think it is all so that, you know, one day when you die, you get to heaven and you see the pearly gates and then you finally get to step on gold is what your real heavenly destiny is. God's plan from the beginning was heaven belongs to the Lord, earth belongs to his children, us, and the plan was always for heaven and earth to come in union. There's this passage in John, right before Jesus leaves for, crucifix for crucifixion. He tells his disciple, I'm going, where I'm going you cannot come. I'm going so that I can prepare mansions for you. And everybody is thinking, Jesus is preparing mansions for me, palaces. And in the same chapter... Jesus says, I'll take you with me. And the same chapter he says, me and my father will come to you. Now, either Jesus is really confused. Are we going there or is he coming here? What is happening? Are we going there? Are we going to heaven? Or Jesus is coming to earth? The thing is, when I got married to Betty... It was not me going to Betty's house, and it was not Betty coming to my house. We both came together and we built a home. So it's not about you getting there, and it's not about him coming here. It is about you coming together to build a home. It's about the union of heaven and earth. It's about the union of heaven and earth. So God created Eden. He pulled out an, out an atmosphere from heaven, planted on the earth, and he placed Adam there. And during every, you know, during the cool of the day, in the evening, God would come and have fellowship. Because without God, this atmosphere is empty. So it's the union between heaven and earth that is our reality. It's not just about going to heaven and it's not just about staying on the earth. It is about heaven meeting earth. Am I making sense? Yeah. Okay. 
Now, Adam sinned. We all know that. And he's thrown out of the garden. Here's the thing. Now he misses out on that one geographical place on the earth that actually has connection to heaven. One place that is that where heaven meets earth, he's disconnected from that place. But God shows him a, a technology. Oh, because you guys understand this. God tells them, teaches them of a technology, how they can connect right from the earth, how they can connect to heaven. And that was the technology of altars and sacrifices. So whenever, now let's go back, let's go forward. Whenever anybody would create an altar and they would sacrifice for the Lord, that became that immediately, that place became a portal of heaven touching earth. So, Abraham, God calls Abraham. And wherever God calls him, Abraham goes. So God says, pack your bags. Abraham is like, yeah. He was the first missionary, by the way. First missionary to nations. So wherever God called him, he would just pack his bags and he will go. And wherever he would land, he would build an altar. So you read from right from Genesis chapter 12, every place he landed, he would build an altar. That's the first thing that he did. He would build an altar, worship the Lord. What was he doing? He was, he was opening the portal so that heaven would meet earth. So many years later, Jacob unknowingly goes to a place where hundreds of years ago, Abraham had built an altar. Exactly that same place. Jacob sleeps. By morning, he's like, man, this is, this is a different place. This is not like any other place. Something is very different about this place. Why? Because his grandfather, Abraham, had built an altar there. In fact, there's one story about Isaac where he goes to a land during the famine, during the time of famine, he goes to a land and he sows. Who sows during famine? Must be a crazy person. He sows and the Bible says he reaped hundredfold. He sows in the land where Abraham had built an altar. What is happening? When heaven meets earth, that place is no longer governed by the limited supply of the earth. That place is now governed by the unlimited supply that flows from heaven. Unlimited supply. Heaven has unlimited supply, you know. If you don't know this, let me just say, heaven has unlimited supply, my friends, you know. See, yeah, how many liters does your overhead tank can hold? 2,000 liters, but heaven is like unlimited supply. Right? If you can have confidence in that overhead tank and open the tap, and just enjoy as much as water there is because your confidence is in the tank because of its capacity. You can't even imagine, comprehend the capacity because heaven has unlimited supply. Unlimited supply. Now, where am I? So Jesus tells Nathaniel, I tell you the truth. You know about Jacob? He saw 
a staircase. He saw a ladder where angels were ascending and descending. You'll see the angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. What was he saying? He was saying that wherever the Son of Man goes, he becomes the portal of connecting heaven to earth. Now, we no longer need an, the technology of the altar and the sacrifice. Wherever the Son of Man is, that becomes the doorway to heaven, becomes a bridge, it becomes a portal, it becomes a connecting point where heaven touches earth. Mm. Now, the problem with Christians is, a very serious problem, we can believe that for Jesus. Yeah, Jesus makes sense. He's the son of God. Yeah. But that son of God is in you. So if you can believe that for Jesus, that wherever Jesus steps his foot, or wherever he is, he is the connection the heavens have opened, why can't you believe that for yourself? Because of the son of man that is within you, Right? You have direct access to heaven at all times. And the place that you are in has direct connection to heaven. Heaven meets earth on that very spot. Okay, let me show you a story. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Sorry. Do you have your Bibles? Luke chapter 5. On one occasion... While the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. So what is happening? Jesus is standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And what, what is happening to him? People are pressing on him. Why are they pressing on him? To hear the word of God. See the hunger? The hunger to press... I am believing for a day when people will press on that door to hear the word of God. That kind of hunger. Because it births something. So people pressing in on him to hear the word of God. Next verse. And Jesus, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Next verse. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Do you know what's very powerful about this verse? That he finds two boats, he gets into one of the boats, and one of the boats belonged to Simon. And he tells Simon, hey, can you, can you take me a little towards the lake so that I have greater visibility? The powerful thing is, one, Simon was available to do it. You know what happens next? What happens next is like the craziest miracle that Simon has ever experienced. But before that happens, God is looking at your availability. He was available. He didn't say, oh, why bother? Can you go to the next board? I'm already frustrated. The last night I toiled and toiled. I haven't slept. I'm so tired. Will you stop bugging me? He was available. And his availability showed in his obedience. 
for me, this is what set him up for the miracle. This. He was available. He, he, was, he, he didn't mind that Jesus used his resources. He didn't say anything. Just obeyed. Just imagine a stranger comes to you and tells you to do something in the most frustrating day of your life. But he was available. He sensed something. This was a divine moment. There was something about Jesus that he sensed. He was available. He obeyed. Next verse. Verse 4. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. Now, among the two of them, Jesus, who is a rabbi, and Peter, the professional fisherman, who has more knowledge about the sea? Who has no, no, more knowledge about catching fish? Because Simon is a professional fisherman. But see, Jesus says, hey, go out into the deep, cast your net. And Simon says, Master, we have toiled all night. We have toiled all night. Why did he toil? The curse of Adam. Remember Genesis chapter 3? Where God said, from the sweat of your brow you shall eat. Because of their disobedience, curse came upon the earth. So what earlier would not take so much of energy, so much of strength, so much of toil, now requires toiling. And they toil all night. All night. So it's, Jesus is not talking to somebody who is an amateur. Jesus is not talking to somebody who does not know what he's saying. But he says, this is what I love about Peter, what he says is, but at your word, I will let down the nets. My education tells me not to do this. My knowledge of finances tells me not to do this. My common sense tells me not to do this. But at your word, I'm willing to lay down my logic. I'm willing to lay down my reputation. His reputation as a fisherman was at stake. Do you know something? The very first thing that God does in your life as a miracle, the precursor to this, precursor to that miracle is you lose your reputation. If you're not willing to lose your reputation, oh man, don't follow Jesus. Just live comfortable life. Moses had to lose his reputation. David had to lose his reputation. Joseph had to lose his reputation. You talk about anybody, they lost their reputation. But we are holding on to our reputation. And that's why no miracles happen. But Peter is saying, but at your word, I'll go. At your word, I'll do it. I don't care about my reputation. Your word is greater than my reputation. Your word is greater than the knowledge that I have gained. Your word is greater than my education. Your word is bigger. Do you know what Paul says about Jesus? Paul was one of the wealthiest men in his times. How do I know that? Because he almost had a double PhD. Working for the famous rabbi. Like studying at Harvard School of Business. And he had like double degree of doctorate. 
wealthy, most educated, powerful, because he was going to become a very influential player in the Sanhedrin, the ruling council, the Supreme Court. He leaves all of that for the sake of Jesus. And then this is what he says, Philippians chapter 3, he says, for the knowledge of Christ, I consider this as trash. I like the word in Hindi. I don't like the word in English so much. The word in Hindi is, I consider this as gobar. If you know what gobar means. Cow dung. For the knowledge of Christ, I consider my wealth, I consider my power, I consider my knowledge as trash. This is coming from the mouth of the most educated, most powerful, and the most wealthiest person. He's saying, for in comparison to the knowledge of Christ, all these things are waste, I'm telling you guys. And what are we doing, guys? All our life, we are, especially in India, if you're in the corporate industry, all our lives we are taught to promotion. The only way to promotion is to step on other people's necks. And we get promoted by backbiting. We get promoted by doing all kinds of nonsense. And here is Paul. He says, hey, I have got everything that the world can give. And I'm telling you, Nothing compares to the knowledge of Jesus. Don't, don't, don't believe me. But can you trust the words of somebody who has reached there, who reached the pinnacles of what you call success, and he says, nothing compares to the knowledge of Christ. And Peter over here, he says, but at your word, I will let down the nets. Verse 6. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Man, how many of you want to be blessed so much that your boats begin to sink? <laughs> oh Lord, please. It's enough, Lord, please. I can't handle it. There's so much of inflow. How many of you want to be blessed like that? You want to be blessed like that? Three things. It requires three things. One, hunger for, the God's, hunger for God's word. Second, availability for his purpose. Third, obedience to his word. It's very simple. There's no rocket science behind it. Peter was an illiterate fisherman. You know, they say that when he wrote the epistles of 1 Peter and 2 Peter, there were people who had to correct his spelling mistakes. They, you know, they didn't have spell check then, so Peter needed people to help him out because he was an illiterate. But an illiterate experienced, experienced an overflow, abundant miracle. One miracle that set him up for life. One. Just one. Think about it. And I want to challenge you. If this is a story that you read in the Bible, can that become a reality for you? 
Or are you just going to read this as a story? Ah, yeah, yeah, it's a story of Peter. Wow, nice, amazing, good. And you close the Bible. Or would you be challenged enough to say, if that happened in Peter's life, it can happen with me as well. This Bible is, is the book for success, is the book of miracles, is the book of, what do you call it, like the book of treasures. But it only opens up to those who really want to find it out. It's the glory of God to hide things and the glory of kings to dig it out. That's a Bible verse, by the way. Glory of God to hide things. Glory of kings to seek it out. So, are you willing to just let this go? Read all those stories and be like, good story, but not for me. Or are you willing to be challenged enough to say, I want that in my life. I want that in my life. Complete breakthrough. Amen? Now, my question. So if Peter said he has toiled all night, that means were there any fish in the lake? If Peter, the seasoned fisherman, if he says he has toiled all night, were there any fish in the lake? Of course, no. So how come... When Jesus tells Peter, they have like a boat sinking load of fishes. Where did those fish come from? Where did they come from? Where did they come from? They were not there. But they came from somewhere. They had to be. Where did they come from? So There's a story in 2 Kings, I believe it's chapter 4, where the widow goes to the prophet and says... My husband, your servant is dead, and we are in debt. Can you help us? And the prophet says, what do you have? Availability. What does she have? She says, I have a jar of oil. So the prophet says, go, borrow all the vessels from the neighborhood. Don't just borrow some, borrow as many as, many as you can. And she borrows all the vessels, and she keeps pouring oil. Jar of oil starts filling all the vessels that she has borrowed. It was a jar of oil. Where did the rest of the oil come from? My question, guys, where did it come from? Where did it come from? It came from heaven. Because heaven is unlimited supply. I'll tell you the problem with us. We're looking at our bank balance, we see a limited supply, and we think we can't do what God has called us to do. And I'm telling you, that is enough. You can do what God has called you to do because it's not the money that is stopping you. That money will remain the same till you keep withdrawing as long as the purpose is ongoing. Because the supply comes from heaven. Am I making sense? Think about this. Ask yourself. If today you had all the money in the world, what would you do for God's kingdom? 
if today you had all the money in the world okay you have a billionaire's trust fund account you can withdraw as much as you can what will you do for the kingdom do you have a plan do you have a plan in place if you don't you should have one you should start having plans because you're connected to an unlimited supply supply does not come to you because you don't have a plan you are waiting for 10 crores to come into your account then i'll do something for the kingdom but god is like you step out the supply will flow you don't step out i'm called for nations what are you doing now i'm sitting on my bed watching netflix <laughs> step out be faithful in the things that god has given you right now and step out and do as if you are connected to the unlimited supply because you are connected to the unlimited supply let 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 not your present circumstances stop you we started this church it birthed out of a bible study started in 2013 i believe 2013 2014 ten people sitting in a room hearing god's word passionate for god's kingdom we spoke of great visions then that we are seeing being fulfilled in glimpses just a small room a rented house and we would eat momos because that's all that we could afford then share whatever we had but look where god has brought us 10 years later 10 years later you you can be in a small place but the vision is big vision is big god requires your availability to say yes because if you can say yes and obey what he's calling you to do today you will see the supply flowing it's not the lack of finances that is stopping you my friend it's a lack of faith i love the story jesus has a treasurer why would someone have a treasure because they have a lot of money got it makes sense right a poor person cannot have a treasure you need to have money jesus had a treasure he took care of the accounts now there comes a point when he needs to give tax he can take the money out of the treasury and give tax but to prove a point and i'm telling you to prove a point to you to prove a point to you what jesus says is hey peter you know what you should do go catch the fish the first fish you find there will be a coin inside the fish you pay that coin for our taxes what is he trying to say you don't have to depend on the resources because they are not your source i am your source i'm connected to that unlimited supply i am your source you know i i've heard a story of a friend who's a man of god who who lives crazy lifestyle so if the lord tells him go to the us he'll just go to the airport without booking the tickets he'll just go to the airport but the story is somebody will call him and say hey i feel a very strong push from the lord 
to book your tickets, where do you want to go? At the airport. And he gets his tickets booked and he flies. Now, everybody wants to be that person who goes to the airport. Very few wants to be that person who gets pushed to book the tickets for somebody else. <laughs> oh Lord, if you tell me, I'll go to the airport. <laughs> the Lord has been pushing you. Do you understand the harvest that this person reaps? The other person who actually sowed into his life, he also receives a portion of that harvest. That's how we are all connected. We are the body of Christ. That's what Paul tells the Philippians church. He says, you have become partakers of my grace. When I first read that, I felt, why is he saying my grace? Shouldn't he say God's grace? But he says, you have become partakers of my grace. That means the grace of God that is flowing into my life, because you have sowed into my life and the ministry, you have become partakers of that freely. The toil that I toiled, you don't have to toil anymore. You just receive it freely. Amen. 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 How much time do I have? Oh, man. So, what am I saying? Let me give you the title of the message. <laughs> Live heaven on earth. Live heaven on earth. If the king of heaven has chosen to take residence within you, your life should resemble heaven in all the dimensions of life. If what makes heaven, if what makes heaven heaven is Jesus, is that right? How many of you want to go to heaven <laughs> you don't find Jesus? Do you want to go to heaven where you don't find Jesus? What makes heaven heaven? Jesus. If what makes heaven heaven is Jesus and that Jesus is inside of you, your life should be heaven. So it's not just going to heaven. It's about becoming heaven. We have to change our definition of heaven. Everybody is oh, looking for that one day. You know, one day I die and then I don't have to worry about my bank balance. I don't have to worry about my EMIs. I don't have to worry about my car loans. One day. I get to heaven and then I can worship God. Oh Lord, I worship you. The truth is, my friends, it's not about going to heaven. It's about encountering the person who is inside of you every day so that it changes your life every day. It's experiencing heaven every day. Say with me, every day. Every day. Do you know why God put Adam in the garden and he asked Adam to work the garden? Do you know why? Because Eden was pulled from, the, from heaven. It was an atmosphere that was pulled from heaven and God wanted to work 
God wanted Adam to work in the garden so that the entire earth will look like heaven. Who created the chairs? Who created the chairs? Did God create chairs? Who created the chairs? Man did. Who created the ladder? Man did. Who created technology, internet? Man did. But the source of everything came from God. So when God was creating trees, he saw men creating chairs out of it. When God created animals, he saw men creating burgers. So when God created the Garden of Eden and put Adam to work, he created, he did that as a seed so that Adam could take up on what he is supposed to. So in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 it says, Let us make man in our own image. Why? So that he can have dominion. You are created in the image of God to have dominion. dominion. Verse 28 says, And the Lord blessed them. Blessing is the empowerment for dominion. Blessing is the same power that God used to create the entire universe and that same power God empowered man with and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue. Have dominion. Have dominion over every creeping things. Not just have dominion over creeps, but ha <laughs> have dominion over everything. So our mandate, our mandate is to make earth like God's kingdom. It is not just to go up there once and then escape ourselves from the pain and the suffering of the world. But it is to be there, look through the pain and suffering and see if anything is broken. Then the church decides we need to fix this. We have to fix this. We stand in the gap. Amen. So... If any one of you, you feel like you're in a wrong, you're born in a wrong place, born in a wrong setting, God put you there intentionally so that heaven will flow out through you. Just like fishes, they came from heaven through the water, peace will flow from heaven through you. Restoration will flow from heaven through you. I have become a channel. Why? Because the Son of Man is the portal that is inside of me. The Son of Man that connects heaven and earth is inside of me. So I have become the channel. But the unlimited supply flows through me. But where does it flow from? Heaven. So if you need anything that needs to be done or that, that is required for you to fulfill the purpose of God, unlimited supply flows. Flows. You are connected to an unlimited supply. I'm speaking to somebody here today. You are connected to an unlimited supply. Don't limit God's purpose by the limited resources that you see with your visible eyes. You're connected to an unlimited supply. Think big. Think big. Think big beyond your current circumstances. Think big beyond this current generation. Think generationally. 
affecting generations after generations. It's nothing to do with us. It's all about his purpose and his purpose has been birthed in your life as a seed. And let it flow out. Let it come out. You're connected to an unlimited supply. The greatest tragedy of a child of God is where the devil has deceived him into a boxed thinking of living everyday life out of a salary. That's the greatest deception of the enemy. I'm not saying you should not have a job. That's not what I'm saying. But to live a life out of a boxed thinking that this is all that I can do, this is all that I can achieve, this is all that I can stretch for the kingdom, that is a clear deception of the enemy. You are connected to an unlimited supply. You are connected to an unlimited supply. Wherever you are, you are called to restore the broken inhabitation to the Garden of Eden. I'll show you a verse, Ezekiel chapter 33. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 35. And they will say, this land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden and the waste and desolate and ruined cities are now fortified and inhabited. Our mandate, our mandate to be in this world is to make this broken world like the Garden of Eden. That's our mandate. How do we do that? The various tools are disciple nations. The tools are preach the gospel. The tool is to allow the Holy Spirit to consume us to a point that we we stop thinking limited. We flow in His purpose. Amen. Amen. Two years ago, we came into this place. We took up this place. I can tell you all the things that you see today with your eyes. Because sometimes you need eyes to see and believe for more. All that you see today didn't happen because of money. It happened because God gave us a word, we obeyed, and the provisions came through. (laughs) And as I'm standing here today, I don't know how much time do we have in this place. And when we're moving out, because I feel in my spirit we're going to move out very soon. It's going to happen very soon. And the strength or, or the audacity to say that is not because we have something to show in the physical realm. It's because we believe in the unlimited supply that when we step out, it will flow. It has to flow. It has to flow. Amen? So what are we saying? That you are connected to an unlimited supply of heaven. The day you receive Jesus, you're connected to an unlimited supply of heaven. Emotionally, mentally, health-wise, financially, relationally, any dimension of your life, you are connected to an unlimited supply. Unlimited supply. That's why I don't believe in burning out. 
burnout happens when I'm disconnected from that supply. When I try to do things in my own strength. So I need to take enough rest to reevaluate and reflect of my connection. But every time I take a step forward, not because I can do it, not because Sam can do it or Sam has done it, it's because I know that he who called me is faithful. I take that step of faith, unlimited supply follows. It flows, it flows. It flows in every dimension of our lives. It will flow. And it will start flowing in your life as well. Amen? Yes. So, who's ready? Who's ready to get out of their limited thinking, boxed thinking, and to say, God, whatever you call me for, I'll say yes to it. However ridiculous it sounds, I'll say yes to your purpose. I'll say yes to it. Amen? To hear God's word and be like Peter and say, I've done this, but at your word, I will do it. At your word, I will do it. When you take a decision like that, when you say that at your word, I'll do it, I'm telling you, crazy things will happen. Crazy things. Things you have never imagined. You know, in that small room when we started the Bible study, we spoke so much about what God could do and what God would do. But none of us imagined that we'll be standing one day and actually being experiencing that. We could not have imagined. It was beyond our imagination. And I want to encourage you. If that can happen to us, not perfect people, guys. Need, needs a lot of fixing. God is still working. So God does not require perfect people. But what God requires is your yes. Because if you can say yes, if you can just say yes and say, Lord, flow through me. Flow through me. I am willing to obey. So when you hear the word and you flow, whatever requires for that word to bring in fulfillment, it will happen. If it is gold or silver, it will happen. If it is not gold or silver, if it is something else, if it is networking, that will happen. Whatever you need will happen. But all that it requires is your yes. Your yes. One more thing I want to address. Some of you feel like, yes, Lord, I'm willing to say yes, but I'm not hearing anything. You know, that's probably because the Lord told you some time ago and you kept rejecting it. And that voice of the Holy Spirit has been suppressed. If you'll repent, you'll hear that voice again telling you to do the same thing. Because once you obey completely, you'll move into the next dimension of obedience. In the next dimension of promotion, next dimension of glory, next dimension of upgrade. But it requires obedience. So for whatever reason you were disobedient or you dishonored the word, repent today. Say, Lord, I just changed my mind, changed my heart. I want to say yes. If there's anything, I want to say yes today, right now. And the moment you make a decision, you'll see an upgrade. Amen? Just close your eyes. 
And if you're willing, just say, Lord, at your word, I'll do it. At your word, I'll do it. At your word, I'll do it. I'm available for you. I'm available. I'm available. I'm available. I'm available. You're connected to an unlimited supply. Flow happens the moment you decide. The flow is not stopped by heaven. The flow is stopped by your mind. There's no limitation in heaven. The only limitation is in your mind. So the moment you say it flows right now, it flows right now. So say it, it flows right now. It flows right now. Unlimited supply flows right now. I am a channel of God's blessing to the world. Yes, unlimited supply flows through me. I am not going to wait for an external circumstance, but I am just waiting on the word of the Lord. I am waiting on the word of the Lord. Unlimited supply flows, flows, flows. Yes, flows through me, through me, through me. Yes. Your name is the highest. Your name is the greatest. Your name stands above them all all thrones and dominions all power and positions your name stands above them all your name is the highest your name is the greatest your name stands above them all all thrones and dominions all powers and possession your name stands above them all and the angels cry holy all creation cry holy you were dead high holy holy forever let your people sing Your name, your name 
is the highest your name is the greatest your name stands above them all all thrones and dominions all power and possession your name stands above them all let's do it again your name your name your name is the highest your name oh yeah stands above them all your throne and dominions or power yeah Lord, I pray that today you will disconnect us from the economy of buying and selling and you will plug us into the economy of sowing and reaping. The unlimited supply of heaven is my portion. We are connected to the unlimited supply of heaven. Jesus is the Lord of our lives. We don't take the brunt of our decisions. We give all due honor and access to Jesus who has become the Lord of our lives. We simply obey. We simply obey. Father, we want to say that as children, it is our privilege to obey you. To obey you. To obey your command. To obey your instruction. To obey your direction. It is our privilege. And we say yes today. Yes today. We will do as your word. We will do as per your word. 
let it be done according to your word 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 I pray in the name of Jesus that these lives who have surrendered and have become available for the kingdom they will not live by their strength but by their power but by the spirit of the Holy Spirit by the spirit of God they will live their lives completely completely surrendering to the power of the Holy Spirit and in everything in everything just like Potiphar saw an overflow in his business because the Lord was with Joseph they will see an overflow in their lives in every dimensions of their life they will see an overflow so much overflow that they will stop counting they'll stop counting they'll stop seeing the limited resources but they'll just move forward in the vision and in the purpose that God has called them for Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We surrender. We surrender. Yes. We're going to take offering right now. And even as we take offering, you know, I want you to be intentional because that offering is your is a sacrifice of your heart. So even as you give that offering is a portion of your heart which by faith you are saying Lord I say yes to you. I say yes to your purpose, I say yes to your dreams, I say yes to your kingdom and this is my faith in action. This is my faith in action that what happened to Peter will happen to me. That I will not just experience an overflow abundance, but I will move in the kingdom purpose. Because what happened with Peter was not just not just that one incident, but he he was propelled and thrusted into the purpose and the divine plan of God. So if that's what you believe, take take the offering in your hand and say, This is. By faith, we give the portion of our heart. 